what it is. Higher, 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 the podium and olympics podcast and for the final time at least for the foreseeable future a world cup podcast a world cup podcast uh, we're leaving need, does our host need a breathalyzer today <laughs> i think i might i'm turning into noah um a world cup podcast uh as we are here to wrap up qatar 2022 i did all the drinking basically because you couldn't drink during qatar um actually bad wise it gave me all the alcohol i didn't give it to argentina but uh we're here to commemorate celebrate everything else in between the world cup talk about the final talk about everything else in an exciting episode that we know you're going to love because you're listening to us and if you're listening to us i assume you love us or there's two of us then there's me but that's another story um, joining us to talk about all things to do with communist Peppa Pig, it's Jared Luby. Jared, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's uh, it's good to be back. Um, we hate the bourgeoisie, uh, love the proletariat, and uh, Peppa Pig is our uh, supreme leader. Wow. Jared's been waiting like 200-odd episodes to say that. I'm glad that we could finally get that out. Well done. Good job. Don't get me to say that. I'll stumble my words at the moment. Also joining us is Knight Riders number one fan. Yes. It's Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back. But not communist Knight Rider. I mean, no. we need we need a fascist Knight Rider or what something is, like that. What does communist David Hasselhoff look like? Didn't he beat communism <laughs> by standing on the Berlin Wall? Isn't he the reason why communism doesn't exist? He's like anti-communism. So you know, talking about freedom. How is that a thing? Can I just point that out? Like to get into the meaty subjects on this show right now. How in this moment in history, the Berlin Wall is coming down, communism is defeated, and fucking David Hasselhoff is singing freedom on the Berlin. Like how is that a thing in history? It's David Hasselhoff. It's the only thing he hasn't done. Like who would have been around in 2001 after 9-11? You know that famous image of like George Bush on, you know, at ground zero, saluting the heroes, raising the flag. Like who would have been 2001? Like Nelly singing hot in here on top of the pot. <laughs> Probably a bit inappropriate. <laughs> Whew, it's getting hot in here. It's like, well, Nelly. <laughs> Calm down. Anyway, the World Cup, uh, it's over. Uh, Argentina are champions. I got a prediction right in my life. Well done, me. Yay. Um, but in all seriousness, an absolutely epic final. Maybe the, the best final that I've ever seen since I've been watching the World Cup. Didn't look that way for a while there. Thought it was going to be pretty stock standard, but it really heat, heated up towards the end. And uh, Argentina, for the third time in their history, world champions. We can actually say that in this sport. Hello, America, if you're listening. When a country wins the World Cup, they're world champions, all right? As much as I love saying Toronto win the NBA title a few years ago, not the world champions. But great final. Jared, your thoughts? Did you stay up for it? Did you get like, how did you watch the final? And, and what's your take on Argentina, champions of the world? It was a great final. I didn't watch it live. I got up at eight in the morning and then watched the replay. Were you spoiled? Uh, unspoiled. Uh, no, unspoiled. Good job. Well done. Um, yeah, it was so much better than expected. And like you say, it really was looking like, okay, we're just going to get kind of a an Argentina whitewash here. But the fact that France came back 
And then the fact that we got two goals in extra time as well, yeah. it was just like beyond all expectations, such a good final. It was incredible. And I think, it, I mean, it keeps that trend up really this millennium of pretty much every final except for two going to uh, extra time. The third time in history we went to penalties and uh, the second time out of the, the three times in the history that France lost on penalties. So there's a fun fact for you. Um, Colin, obviously a lot better timing for you. 9am, I believe the final was on on Sunday. So uh, your take, did you watch it all? And uh, how are you feeling about Argentina? Yeah, I was determined I was going to watch the whole thing. And then Jamie and I were talking, I don't know, this is like half an hour before it started. It's like, oh, do we really have a chance to go and finish our Christmas shopping? <clears throat> um this week and she's like you know probably the only way we could get this done is for you just go do it now like 8 30 in the morning I'm like oh great i'm like <laughs> maybe i can get back in time for the second half and i'm checking the scores as i'm out shopping and i'm seeing okay two nothing this is probably not gonna be exciting if i'm coming back for the second half i get back for the second half and i'm like boy i'm glad that i did i mean i could definitely caught the best part of it and really went completely against what uh, we were saying last week where it's like, oh, the uh, the 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 third place final yeah. game is always the more exciting, higher scoring one, and if this just kept going. It was it was like the finals that that kept on giving. It was, it was like a Christmas miracle. It was exactly. Um, I stayed up for it, got to half time, and may have fallen asleep. Um, but I then caught the rest of it eventually. But um, I mean, it wasn't too bad in the first half, at least from what I watched. But I think the thing that was crazy about it is the fact that you know it was such a great final goes to penalties as you said jared two goals in extra time which is just insane you have somebody scoring a hat trick only for the second time in the history of the world cup in a final and they lost uh insane to think that and then the fact that you talk about the goat Lionel messi all this kind of stuff who puts in an amazing performance scores two goals himself uh, walks away with the golden boot and a uh, golden ball. Sorry, uh, Kylian Mbappe got the golden boot, but just, just an insane, an amazing final. And I mean, we'll talk about this throughout the tournament, uh, throughout the episode about is this the best World Cup of all time? Things like that have been touted out there. But I mean, it was just, it was just such a great way to end it because I think the knockout phase really did live up to a lot of expectations where sometimes it's kind of the opposite. So I think it was a fitting end to a, a very entertaining World Cup for the most part. And Colin, as you touched on, yeah, it was sort of the third place one that was a little bit disappointing. But um, Jared, I mean, I, I we'll talk about obviously predictions. I know you and Colin both predicted France to win it. But I mean, look, I, I predicted Argentina to win from the very beginning of the tournament. But watching the final, I was kind of going for France, I'll be honest with you. But like it at the end of the day, I wasn't too sad that Argentina won. So you obviously picked France. Were you rooting for France though? Yeah, I think just a little bit. I similar to you, like at the start, like I'd picked Argentina to, to win the tournament. So I was kind of torn, but I think definitely during the match too, like you want the match to like go on longer. So like yeah. at halftime, like I'm rooting like solely for France at that point. Um but yeah, I think like I was just like a little bit more going for them. I don't know particularly why. I think maybe because Australia lost to them by more. It was kind of like, well, I would rather like the team we lose to four one. I want them to like go on to win the whole thing. Um, so yeah, a little bit more to France. But I think I said earlier, like either way, I, I wasn't like too invested. Like I was happy for either team to win. Were you were you on the same page there, Colin? Uh, yeah, I really had no investment in either team. I I, I think my best prediction I, i'm pretty sure i had argentina uh at least in the semis but uh i predict either of these from the beginning to win um I, I we mentioned last week you know both these teams had something that they were at least invested in there was a story you know france back to back and you know uh argentina obviously messi was the big talking point but uh it it to me, I just, I wanted to see it be tight. And that's why I was happy I got back to watch the second half. Cause I mean, two nothing, you're like, okay, is there even a point? You know, obviously this is a blowout. France, they're they're completely out of it. Do they even deserve to be here? Um, I, <laughs> I have not seen the first half. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they had an incredible performance and just didn't score, score any goals the first half. But uh, ultimately for me, it, it just came down to like, well, when it came down to uh, the, the penalty kicks, I, I was just thinking, I'm like, it, it doesn't matter who wins this. I just want to see somebody win. Like, come on. Listen, I, not that I was anxious for it to be over with. If anything, I was like, oh, I'd love to see this go even extra, extra time. But uh, it, it, it was it, it was the perfect final, at least from my perspective, 
because I, w- I didn't care one way or the other who won. I just wanted to see who is the better performing team. It's kind of one of those things where looking back in history, I think it'll be disappointing that, I mean, the whole tournament was touted with all the controversy. It's in Qatar. It's in a weird time of the year, all this kind of stuff. Whereas like if you were to take this and put it in, like if this was in four years time in the US, Canada and Mexico, um, you know, we'd be touting this as maybe the best of, I don't know if Qatar's going to, the country's going to stay in it, which is, you know, I mean, I'm not here to defend Qatar, but I also don't think, you, you know, they're not Nazi Germany either. Like, I mean, it's kind of, you know, they've done okay in some aspects, but not defending them in other bits. So it's kind of going to be clouded with that. But um, it, it just, I think when you have a match like that, that kind of leaves you wanting more. Like it, you know, the final four years ago was fine. Um, I think Croatia put up more of a fight than they thought, but France kind of romped to it. I mean, prior to that, the, the previous three finals were, pretty crap and i'm saying this as a germany fan when germany fucking won the damn thing it was a pretty shit final the one that germany won um you know spain netherlands was pretty shit the the france italy one was eh, it was fine um you know and i think i said last week the last good final i think personally was 1998 but so i mean it was kind of good that we've got this and people are talking about this as maybe the best final of all time controversial opinion though i mean like as much as i love having two goals in extra time I'm still a fanboy of golden goal. Uh, you know, just like what you have in the NHL, Colin, you know, overtime, first goal wins. Like they tried it for two World Cups back in 98 and 2002 and soccer fans just didn't like it. They're like, this is shit. This is cheap. It's not fair. Uh, then I think they tried silver goal, which basically was like if you scored a goal, say like in the first period of, of extra time, if no, if the other team didn't score before halftime, you won. Um, whereas now they've just reverted back to the OG format. But, I mean, having said that, had we had golden goal, we wouldn't have had sort of the excitement that we, we had. And then, obviously, the yeah. great save by the Argentinian goalkeeper to prevent Mbappe from getting the winner right at the death. I mean, things like that you're not going to have. So, I don't know, Colin, you're Canadian. Uh, you're North American. You're used to this whole sudden death format, you know, uh, power plays, extra time, all that sort of stuff. You, you don't like draws in North America. Uh, but I mean, it, hockey, it works, but how would you like to see it in, in soccer? Uh, I think this has almost convinced me for hockey to be the one to change. Cause I've, I'm always you know, very much about, okay, if you're in overtime or extra time, you know, the first goal wins and the fact that there was another goal here, when, when you get it tied. And I think this happened, uh, uh, it might've been in the quarters or the, I don't think it was the, maybe it was the semis this happened as well. I can't remember. In the quarters? Not, the uh, was it like the, the World Cup? This there was another game where somebody scored an extra time, and then the other team tied it up in extra time. I, I might have been the semis. I can't remember, but one of the Argentina and Netherlands is that that one? Did that happen in that one, or was that? Right no, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, Argentina, they they know what they're doing when it comes to extra time, but uh, it provides, and maybe it's because I'm just so used to, you know, one goal and you're done, but mm. it provides a little bit of extra excitement possibly because it's not something that I'm as used to. Uh, and I'm, I'm all for just keep it going. Like I, I, I love the growing up in hockey where we would have Stanley cup finals. It would go to four overtimes. Like I remember mm. the Colorado avalanche in 96, you know, it was four. They swept the series. Well, but it was the one a few years ago that was at uh went to about six overtimes or something like that. I was oh, in yeah. Canada. I remember that one. That was, that was intense. Yeah. Yeah, and I still remember, you know, when, when I was in school, I think it was the longest game in history. And I had exams the next day, so I probably shouldn't have stayed up. But it was like seven overtimes and or something like that. And that's why Colin's it's- podcasting, because he didn't pass his exams. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go, kids. Stay in school. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, there's an excitement to just keep it going, keep it going. I think that would be the only thing that I would be more for. But... The downside to that is well, how long do you want to risk, you know, your your viewership staying with it on TV or even in the stadium? You don't want to risk everybody leaving. Uh, that would be my number one choice. But I really do like, you know, OK, you give the other team a chance to tie it up in extra time. It's it's interesting, Jared. I know you're a tennis fan and, you know, I know they're kind of scrapping this whole you know, in, they usually have, what, the super tiebreaker. It always goes to a tiebreaker now, right? It was only the US Open, wasn't it, that fifth set goes to a tiebreaker. Now that, and I mean, I there was that famous Wimbledon one a few years ago that like, they had to come back the next day, didn't they? The longest tennis match in history. And I remember that semi-final at the Australian Open. Was it was that the year that Hewitt made it through to the final? Didn't it go to like about three in the morning and it went like it was – Mm-hmm. Oh, it was an epic. I, I'm pretty sure that's the one I'm thinking of, but I remember staying up every, and I could, there's something about it that's tense, but at the same time too, 
You also have boring ones. Like, I mean, you know, so oh God, just get this over and done with. So, I don't know, Jared, comparing it to tennis, what would you prefer? Like a, a golden goal or do you kind of like what we've got? I think what we have is okay. I would honestly rather scrap penalties and, and, and give us more like keep going. extra time, extra time. Um, I think golden point works in some sports, like rugby league being like the classic yeah. example. I think that's exciting and that tense, works. but I think in, in soccer, not so much. Um, but penalties too, I'm just not a huge fan of. I think they work when it's, it's it just depends on like the order and, and, and the shots. Like if it comes down to like, if you score this, you're through. If you miss, you're out. But when we've been getting kind of these more like lopsided penalties throughout this this World Cup, like you're halfway through and like one team's already down, like it feels like it's a foregone conclusion. Mm. I, I'm, I, we talked about this, I think, on the episode a couple of weeks ago, Joe, that you went on. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of penalties. I I like it, but I know a lot of people are, are answering them. But, I mean, this is the thing, like the golden goal example, like when they brought that in in 98, everyone's like, well, this is the answer. We're going to change things. But everyone just complained about it. Um, you know, Formula One as an example, like qualifying is what they've always changed it around. And I remember back in the day, they brought in like one lap qualifying. This is a solution. And after two years, they scrapped it. Like this is shit. Um, so it's kind of, they will change things. I know in AFL, the tradition, like with the grand final is if the grand final is a draw, they used to go, okay, we're coming back next week to play it again. And it happened three times in history. And it last happened in 2010. And, I mean, it was epic to watch. Like, I mean, as a neutral fan of neither of the teams, you're like, holy fuck, they've drawn. This is so rare. We have to come back next week and do it all again. Whereas in the last few years, they've scrapped that now. So the grand final would go to extra time if it does get tired. But AFL draw is very rare. I could just imagine, though, the people who book time off and paid for their ticket on that day being like, are you serious? No, I can't even be here. Well, next there was week. a massive thing with that. Cause like, for example, my mom's 50th party was a week later. So she held it a week later cause it was AFL grand final day. So she can't have it on a- And like the amount of stories that came out that week about say like people say wanted, cause it's usually the last Saturday in September. So all these people are like, I'm going to get married on the last Saturday in September. Oh, but it's AFL grand final day. So let's delay it a week. So then of course there's a draw and then, of course, half the people don't show up for their wedding because it's AFL Grand Final Day. Uh, it's like <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Like, you know, it's no one's... Fuck the wedding. Like, Collingwood are in the Grand Final. I've got to watch them. <laughs> I feel sad and I'm just picturing Ben's mom sitting there by herself. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. I think Even we delayed Ben's, it. I Ben's th- at the Grand Final. <laughs> I think because, like, uh, the Grand Final's like in the afternoon, I think we delayed it to the night so people could come and people, like, come half pissed and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's a fun time. But... Um, Look, I think at the end of the day, this worked. It, there was no, and I guess the difference, say, between soccer and tennis and, say, hockey is that while, yeah, tennis can technically go on forever, hockey can go on forever, at least with extra time in soccer, there is an end an end time. Like, it does end after an extra 30 minutes and then you go to penalties. And, well, technically, as we saw in the fucking Olympics last year, penalties can go on for about eight years. Canada and Sweden, I think, are still yeah. kicking off the gold, aren't they? So, um, I mean, Jared, you and I were sitting watching that live. I mean, that was epic, though, wasn't it? Like, come on. So good. That was one of my favourite memories of those Olympics. So good to be able to watch. But Argentina, Lionel Messi, world champion, the GOAT. I mean, I'm not going to ask either of your opinions and I'm not even going to get in. I don't know enough. I mean, I might be a fan of the sport, but I definitely don't know enough to turn around and go, oh, Messi's definitely the GOAT. Like, I'd just say Pelé, sure, because, I mean, that guy won three World Cups. I mean, (laughs) catch up, Lionel. But, um... I mean, I don't know where either of you stand on an opinion on Messi. Jared, do you have anything to add? I really don't know where you guys stand on a thought process on this. No, I think I feel similar. I just don't I don't know enough. I haven't watched enough soccer outside of Australia. So yeah. I'll, I'll I'll weigh in on the GOAT debate in tennis, but that's kind of that's kind of about it. I, I stick to my lane in that sense. And that's Roger, right? That's Roger for you? Or that's Rafa? It. No, you're a Roger man. Oh, you're I mean, right. I'm a Rafa fan, but I think Roger is the go. Okay. It's not. It's not Novak, really. Oh, I like Novak. Come on, I had a debate about this with somebody <laughs> the other day. Mind. It was. It was. It was fun actually. Uh, Colin, I mean, again, do you have an opinion on on Messi? I, I have really no opinion. I I I did enjoy seeing though uh, the the Argentina fans here in Winnipeg. I mean, I didn't personally see them, but uh, you know, obviously on the news next day. It, it, I swear, no matter what country it is in the World Cup, there's some venue here in the city that has a massive gathering of mm. people 
watching it. And yeah, the Argentina fans were, were all about Messi. I mean, that's what, that's what they were invested in. That's what they loved. And um, you know, it's I, I, whether or not goat, I I just think it, it is always fantastic when you have somebody that's at that caliber. I mean, even not following international soccer that closely outside of like the Olympics, you know, I knew who he was. There's documentaries of, um, you know, on every streaming platform that's out there. Uh, but uh, the, the fans definitely seem to have gotten behind him. It's it is interesting because I saw somebody the other day raise a question: Is Messi the most rec- recognizable athlete on the planet? And I mean, look, you would question that as a maybe. Uh, I mean, it is the world game, um, you know, and you you might look at the the likes of a Roger Federer or a you know a Tiger Woods or a LeBron James, but I mean, I don't know if you. Go to Qatar. Do they know who LeBron James? I don't know what basketball is like in the Middle East. You know, I've been to some Asian countries where basketball is huge, so they would know who they are. But like when I was in New York, for example, uh, Aaron Judge is like the star of the New York Yankees, and basically, you know, he couldn't walk down the street in New York without being mobbed, and it was probably the same. But if Aaron Judge walked down the main street here in Sydney, Jared and I'd be like, "Who the fuck's that?" Um, you know, it, I'm sure if uh, Shane Warne, you know, God rest his soul, but like if he had have walked down the street in New York, people would know who the fuck's that. You know, whereas to us, like he died, it was like National Day of Mourning. Gretzky, I can imagine, would go to, you know, some countries and nobody knows have a shit who Gretzky is. Whereas I'm sure he can't even like fart in Canada and not be breaking news. <laughs> Which breaking. <laughs> breaking. <laughs> breaking news, eh? Wayne Gretzky just let a big ripper off here, we Gretzky. Breaking news, Wayne Gretzky breaks wins. I saw he posted some pictures. He's got some very attractive daughters. Um, so You've never seen his kids before? I have now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so weird here because like Wayne Gretzky's entire family, like, like even his extended family, people can probably- I was there when his dad died and I saw the country was yeah. crying and he was like, oh no, the nation's hockey dad has died. I'm like, oh. That was a national, that was legitimately a national day of mourning. Yeah. Jared, do you know who Wayne Gretzky is? <laughs> but like, I guess like the moment you would compare that to like like uh, yeah he's god in argentina like you know you have maradona you got messi but like you know when canada got gold in 2010 of course it was crosby ginler got the assist of course but like i mean you let's know. remind people of that yeah. <laughs> just saying just saying but it's like it kind of it's one of those moments where it sounds really cheesy, but it's like written in the stars, right? Like, I mean, because yeah. so Crosby had a pretty shit game, didn't he? Like, everyone kind of forgets that, but like he Whole got tournament. He got the winner, and that's all that everybody remembers about. But like, I mean, it's kind mm-hmm. of that wonder kid, that that golden child, and you know, like I've got a friend who's a massive Caps fan, and of course she's OV Central, right? And now that he's climbing up the ranks with the goals, like you know, that's all that she's talking about. It's no different to like in tennis circles, like you know when. Rafa breaks the record, gets to 20, and it's, you know, between him and Novak. And when Roger retired, I mean, God, that was global news. Roger Federer's retired. So you have these enigmas, and in covering the Olympics, we know that with people. We talked about that last year about how no Michael Phelps, no Usain Bolt. This is weird. So, like, no matter what your opinion is of the person, it's still kind of good to be able to witness this. And it's, you know, I, I Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't give a shit about either. But, like, I mean, had he had won the World Cup, you would have kind of have like a, yeah, okay, finally, if you know what I mean. Like, just kind of that that moment. But speaking of Argentina, cool. I mean, go, go, Colin. How how many goals did uh, did Messi have throughout the tournament? He got, did he get seven, seven. or seven, and Mbappe got eight. Um, okay. So Mbappe beat him by one for the golden boot. I think that's what makes it uh, a, a little bit more appropriate and, you know, obviously impressive is that if this is, you know, his swan song, it will be, it's surely. not like, cause it, I, I'm not saying, you know, like for the most part, people do look back on Crosby, you know, it's like, Oh, well he was the guy who won us a gold medal when I think that was legitimately the only goal he scored in the whole tournament. I think it, it it's a lot more impressive when you can have seven goals in a tournament and be the second highest scorer. And obviously, especially the final game, yeah. have an incredible performance. He um, set the record, the first player in the history of the world cup to score a goal in every like, phase well at least in this version of it so we got you know goals in the group stage round of 16 quarters semis then final and i mean i love the fact that everyone's like oh he's 35 and he's a cheater this dude i'm 35 come on i'm podcasting look how good i am but like it's it's the, the one that really stands out for me is like mbappe like this kid's 23 uh you know golden golden ball golden boot uh hat trick in the goddamn final nearly a two-time world cup champion at the age of 23 and somebody put a stat by stat comparison to him and Messi at the same age, and he's actually doing better than Messi. 
Um, so I, I'm a big Mbappe fan. I, I think he's great. I just love saying his name, Mbappe. Like, does it sound like mm. some sort of like rap? Mbappe. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> Mbappe. 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 The Mbappe bop. What was that stupid emoji bop? Like, where's the Mbappe bop? Mbappe. 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 Yeah, Mbappe. Eurovision next year, Jared. The Mbappe. The fr- French. Just stick just stick Mbappe on the stage. Like, they're just like, uh-huh, actually this year is Patrick Mbappe. And they're just standing there and he's like, hello. I am Mbappe. Mbappe, Mbappe, Mbappe. Oh, France win Eurovision. That would work, right? 100%. I mean, they couldn't do any worse than last year. Oh, well, uh, get him to do moustache. Oh, can we get Mbappe to do moustache? Come on. Please. <laughs> Colin doesn't even know what a moustache is. I just is. want that to be like the Olympics anthem. I know <laughs> I know it's not going to, but surely. Was it Twin Twin? Was that the name of the band? Yeah, Twin Twin. Fuck. Oh, can we just like put in a, uh, you know, um, a, 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 what do you call a campaign right now to get Twin Twin at the opening ceremony for Paris? So we're, we're, hello, bonjour, we are Twin Twin, here is our hit Eurovision song that finished last, moustache, <laughs> so good. Mbappe to light the cauldron at Paris 2024? <laughs> I don't know if he's, sure. I don't know if he's, I don't you're know, asking. Okay. Well, I don't know if he's played in the Olympics. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he did. Like as a, as a younger player. I mean, freaking Naomi Osaka had she played at the Olympics before she lit the cauldron? So I don't think she had. You know. I mean, I know France have a lot of great athletes, but I mean Mbappe. Come on, the kids. I just like saying he's that Mbappe. There he is, light the uh, cauldron. Well, Mbappe saying he wants to compete in Paris, so probably not late in the cauldron. Well, he'd be allowed, like, because they're, what's well, under 23s, but they're allowed, I think, two or three overage players. So it could be similar to Brazil in 2016 when Neymar came on board. But uh, anyway. Uh, White bear, I, at least. If I end up in Paris 2024, I'll bump into him and I'll get him to do a Mbappe rap for us here on <laughs> you, uh, the show. Can you just do it for him? Absolutely. Mbappe, Mbappe. <laughs> can I say um, that of all the honours that Lionel Messi has gotten uh, throughout the World Cup and everything in his career. I think his number one achievement is he officially now has the most liked Instagram post in history. His post of him lifting the trophy has garnered 69 million likes. That's more than double the population of Australia and nearly double, I think it's double the population of Canada too. Uh, The post that he overtook, world record egg. Uh, so somebody created an Instagram, uh, account called world record egg. They literally posted, let's set a world record together and get the most liked post on Instagram, beating the current world record held by Kylie Jenner. So that did hold the record of 57 million likes, a simple photo of an egg. So Lionel Messi now to me, definitely the goat. He beat an egg. So, um, <laughs> Poor egg. he beat an egg, get it? And then he had scrambled. It was, <laughs> where's my button? Oh, that's not the one I wanted. <laughs> no, that was the right was one. The appropriate you got one. it. <laughs> I wanted this one. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say Max Dawson. Um, anyway, congratulations. One thing I wanted to touch on, uh, well, two things on the, the, the trophy presentation. They put the freaking black robe on him. Like, I get it. It's like this Qatari tradition. Okay. But that photo in the history of time, you're going to have Lionel Messi in like a dressing gown, fucking lifting the trophy. No disrespect to this traditional Arab robe. They bribed their way to the World Cup. They paid billions of dollars to bribe FIFA. I get it. They deserve to have a bit of things there. But, like, as I saw the comparisons out there, this would be like back in 2006 when Germany hosted the World Cup. They're making the Italian captain wear Lederhosen. Um, like, you know, next year, and I've already seen people on Twitter going like, oh, at the World Cup in Australia for the Women's World Cup, what will we make the winning uh, captain of the women's team wear? And people are like going like budgie smugglers, like fucking dries and bones, like a Cobra hat. Like, I don't know. Like, Colin, Why was it not the, the mascot ghost? Oh, exactly. Right. But like, I don't know, Colin, did you, if you saw this, but like. It no. just looks like, well, you can't miss the photo. You see Lionel Messi in a dressing gown lifting the fucking trophy. But, like, I mean, an example of, like, dressing, like, back in when Spain won the World Cup, they wore their away kit in the final. So, Netherlands in proper orange, by the way, back then, um, and Spain wore, like, their black away top. When they got the trophy, they wanted to be photographed, like, in their traditional red Spanish jersey. So, they all, the team, put on their, so the photos, you think they wore the red jersey in the final. It looks great. 
this just looks crap. And I'm, I feel bad for Messi. Like, I thought of it. I'm little Messi. I'm the goat. I beat a fucking egg on Instagram. I'm going to be like, fuck <laughs> you, Qatar. Like, take your money, bribe fever somewhere else. This is my fucking time, mate. I'm not wearing your dressing gown. I, I kind of like it just because now it has me thinking, can other countries demand this? I mean, can Canada, Mexico, and the United States all say somebody has to wear this? A Canadian tuxedo. Imagine Mbappe <laughs> in a Canadian tuxedo. Double like, denim with a, with a Mexican sombrero yeah. and like yes. an American gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> pew, 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 now pew. we need that. We need it. So, yes, I'm all for it if it means other countries get the same privilege. I don't know, Jared. I mean, that could work. What do you think about that, Jared? I'm on board 100%. <laughs> I just feel bad for Messi just with that. Oh, Ben Waterworth, feel bad for Lionel Messi, the poor. Guy. <laughs> what a hard life he leads. Mm, the give uh, him a like on Instagram. <laughs> oh God, better. He's got none. We've got more than he does. The other one that I, I I saw all this hoopla over this guy. I didn't know who the fuck he was. Salt Bay on the pitch stealing the trophy. Did you guys see this? No. Do you know who Salt Bay is? <laughs> so he's a. I, I- I googled what Salt Jared did. Turkish <laughs> busher. Who's is it? The Turkish Turkish busher. He got like a famous for doing some like Twitter or Instagram thing with like salt. Like he's like yeah, salt. And then he, he's like a celebrity chef. He now has all these restaurants and you know whatever. So apparently he's like friends with the FIFA president guy. And basically he got like an all access pass. Somehow got on the fucking pitch. Was like grabbing Messi to get a selfie with him, and like literally took the trophy from the hands of like an Argentinian player with his baby, and was like, "Oh, look at me! I've got the trophy!" And sprinkling salt on it. And it's like a rule with the World Cup trophy that only heads of state or winners or former winners of the World Cup are allowed to touch it. This is a thirty million dollar trophy. This is worth more than any of us will see in our lives combined. And you've got fucking Instagram influencer Salt Bay who deserves a punch in the face for calling himself that in the first place. Fucking grabbing this trophy. Jared, like, I'm saying this now. If I'm there in Paris in 2024, I'm jumping on every single die, stealing every single fucking gold medal. I'm off the podium's Ben Waterworth. I should be allowed to touch the medals, right? That's it, right? Get on the get on the field, get on the pitch, get out, get uh down into the ping pong stadium and uh and get those get those medals. I'm gonna dress as the mascot in the glove. I'm just going to walk around. You're not going to be able to hold the medals in those gloves. Saturday Night Fever or whatever, all that fucking video. We need to talk more about that Saturday Night Fever video because, you know, old Frenchie McGloveface, like, it's not being Dwayne Dwayne, but it's starting to grow on me. Our next episode, we'll talk about the end of this that we're all going to come together for as the mascots. And I'm telling you now, Frenchie McGloveface is rising the ranks for me. Um, Colin Salt Bay, I don't know where I'm going with this. (laughs) I'm drunk. I have no clue. <laughs> is Salt Bay going to be the the uh, torch lighter <laughs> if we ever get to Istanbul? Uh, <laughs> You'll be sprinkling the goddamn <laughs> Put it out. I just, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. the closing ceremony. Whoa, Olympics over. I'm really enjoying looking this up right now, though. I mean, first of all, I think it's hilarious. Like, this is not even about the World Cup, but you go on Google and you have like the, oh, people also ask. And the first two questions are, how is Salt Bay so rich? And why is Salt Bay so famous? But uh, yeah, this one right here, somebody actually tweeted out saying, the man drops salt on meat. What is he even doing there? I mean, God, Cristiano Ronaldo is literally there going, fuck, man, I've played in like five World Cups. All I have to do is put salt on meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he has to do. I mean, poor old Istanbul has bid like 300 times to the Olympics. And I think off the podium we'll get the Olympics before Istanbul gets it. But like, if they ever do, he's hit cauldron, flag, he's just getting himself. He's the most famous Turkish person since... Yep, that's the song. Who's <laughs> a famous Turkish person? Aladdin? Uh, the, uh, <laughs> you see Turkish? The guy from, from Russia with love that died. Oh, Kerem Bay. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, when Turkey won Europe, 2003, wasn't it, Jared? Around then was that song. That was a good song. Was that, am I thinking of the right country? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one. I don't know. Is Aladdin Turkish? Persian. That's that's Iran. Yeah. Sorry. Very, yeah. Similar I'm looking up fa- famous Turkish people and Salt Bay's on the list, but oh, he is officially the only one I've heard of now. Well, Turk, I mean, Turkey World Cup 2002 finished third, the only time they've been to the World Cup. So uh, they did all right when it comes to that. The other thing too, uh, Colin, cover your ears. This has got some adult themes to it. There was the uh, Argentinian fans in the, the crowd, the women who were topless celebrating and basically everyone was like, oh, they haven't been seen since. Guitar have like kidnapped them, but... <laughs> 
I mean, tits out for Messi, I guess. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> or Salt Bay. Tits out for Did you see the scenes on Buenos Aires? Like, holy crap, they were crazy. And I think oh, they yeah. had to shut down the parade because they were people yeah, jumping yeah. on the buses. <laughs> like, I mean, th- this is the thing, though. Like, it got a bit crazy. At least they didn't jump on football pitches and throw buckets at players' heads. Uh, hello, Australia. But, um, <laughs> I mean, you've got to love the passion there, though. Like, Jared, when Roger Federer wins Wimbledon, the, the Swiss don't line the streets of Geneva. I mean, they're very neutral, the Swiss. They wouldn't know how to do it. But, I mean, I don't know. We, we If the Socceroos out of one, we're not doing this, are we? I mean, maybe we are. I don't fucking know. But, like, I love it when a country does this. Yeah, I feel if the Socceroos won at 2 a.m., not no, Jesus. I don't think anything would have happened. Yeah. Like, ah, I'm thinking of people like hopping in their cars and like <laughs> uh, blasting the horns up and down the streets, but like, nah, unless you're at a live site, you wouldn't know about it. Yeah. Uh, whereas here, I feel like like the whole country was, I mean, the whole country was watching, but the whole country knew about it as well. It's insane. Just that the footage, Colin, did you see much of this footage in, in yeah. Argentina? Yeah. And I mean, in a way it's exciting to see, cause you know that that is their sport. I mean, it, it, soccer is so huge there. It's great to see something like that, but uh, I, I mean, I, I just imagine like, could, could Canada ever get there is, is obviously hockey's never done, but you go back to 2002, there wasn't a reaction like that. And in a way I kind of, admire What's that? I, I mean, one of my favorite, like I remember watching 2010 and I got the DVD of it and you see the street, it was at Young Street in Toronto, just absolutely bedlam when you guys won that gold. So, and I mean, you know, I mean, Jurassic yeah, Park during the Raptors though. one, like, I mean, come on, that that was crazy. Yeah, yeah I mean, two million people on the streets but... of Toronto when you guys had your championship parade. Come on. I, I almost envy though when I see these countries that get so behind something because then you realize how much it means to them. Uh, I mean, what's the Turkish equivalent? I mean, if, if Salt Bay wins the, lot. the meat salt meat salting competition, <laughs> the meat lot. salting World Cup or something like that, the Turkish Light World Cup, oh. there's going to be the same type of enthusiasm. But I think, like, I mean, I, seriously, though, in North America, you guys do, like, championship cities. Like, I mean, Australia, we're not really a parade country. Like, I mean, we Olympics we used to. We used to do Welcome Home parades. I've been to one in Hobart, and, like, I know Sydney used to do them a while, and they're kind of cool, but, like, I think when the Sydney Kings won the NBL championship last year, they had a reception at the Opera House. I, I like I know for AFL teams out, they generally go to like their home ground the next day, and like Geelong, like had like a street parade in Geelong. It's Geelong, there's like three people live there, so it's not that hard. But like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Did Penrith does Penrith do like a reception or a parade or something, Jared, when the Panthers win the championship? They do. I think they have a reception at the stadium, and then there's generally like a, a parade down like the main street. Um, but it's nothing like nothing on that scale, you know. I remember when the Sharks won and I was here and I was going to go to Cronulla, but I don't think they really did anything. They were too busy being racist and bogans on the beach, right? <laughs> like bashing, you know, non-white people. That's what they do in Cronulla, isn't it? Um, so uh, is that joke dated? Um, but, yeah, uh, it's not Australia Day yet, soon. But, um, yeah, it's I just love it. And it wasn't just Argentina. France got like a reception and actually a lot of people turned out to, to welcome the French and Croatia. Like third again, and they had street. I don't know what Morocco did. They probably all got like shocked because they got fourth. (laughs) (laughs) You bring shame to our country, Morocco. I just quickly third place playoff, Croatia third. I I didn't. I was going to say I'd watch it. I saw the highlights. Didn't seem that exciting. Did either of you guys watch it? No. I yeah. I didn't have even have a chance to watch it. I I I think I would be more disappointed if I saw that Morocco won and I missed it. Yeah. Um. But uh, I mean, nothing against Croatia, but uh, you know, Croatia winning. I didn't really have any, I didn't feel a pressing need to go back and watch it. Jared, see any of it? I caught the highlights. Um, I mean, it would have been an exciting first uh, 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after that, not so much. Yeah, which uh, shame, shame for, for Morocco at that point there. But fun fact too, just quickly, when it comes to a connection to the Socceroos at the World Cup, every time Australia have made it out of the group stage at the World Cup, they have always gone on to lose to the eventual champions who always go on to win the title by beating France on penalties. So it's happened twice. (laughs) Italy in 2016 knocked us out in the round of 16 and went on to beat France by penalties in the final. And this time around, Argentina knocked us out in the round of 16, going to beat France on penalties in the final. There you go. A hundred percent. I mean, you just, Mm. Ben, just, just hope that you lose to Germany next time. If Germany knock us out in the round of 16 next time around, we know they're beating France on penalties in the final. So (laughs) 
Let, let's do it. Let's uh, hopefully we don't lose to England in the round of 16. Oh shit. Like <laughs> that, that would be there. Uh, a couple of things. We'll sort of wrap up with a few things. Just our predictions. Um, obviously when you Jared won this, so well done. I'm actually the only one who got a point in the final two games. Just I'm the only one who picked Argentina to win. You both picked France and we all picked Morocco. But uh, the final score ended Jared on 22, me on 19, Colin on 20. So well done, gentlemen. Good job. But our initial predictions just from the very beginning. So uh, Jared and I technically won because we both predicted Argentina would win the whole thing. Uh, Colin, you said Argentina would go out in the quarters, by the way. Sorry, friend. Um, you actually got none of the semifinalists correct. So, um, look, take a good hard look at yourself, Colin Hilding. Get your First pre- you, Mexico! Get your predictions uh, <laughs> correct. Uh, they The final rankings of the team, so basically what they do is obviously, you know, the first four, we know the rankings because they, they have that. But then basically the quarterfinals, they then kind of do it like a, like a league table, so they add up the totals and that. So the final rankings, Australia, we finished 11th. At the World Cup, if you don't mind. Our best ever finish. Canada, 31st. You got second last, which I think is a bit unfair. Like, I, I get it comes on goal difference and everything, but if I'm looking here, from what I saw, you you were a better team this tournament than Wales and Costa Rica. Yeah. Uh, even Denmark. You, you would have beaten Denmark. So, it's kind of... I mean, you were better than Belgium. I know you lost to Belgium, but you were better than Belgium, and Belgium finished 23rd. So, um, and Qatar dead last. So, I mean, these don't really mean anything, but Australia, we were a better country than Spain, USA, uh, I'm not saying Germany, uh, Belgium, uh, Canada. (laughs) So, do you look at that, Jared, and think, cool, 11th at the World Cup? That's pretty good. Yeah, and that feels about right. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And Colin, they they mentioned that in Canada about, oh, oh hey, we got second last, eh? No, nothing. Uh, <laughs> that's the first time I'm hearing about it, and it makes me depressed. But, I mean, I understand why you, you have to have a metric that makes sense. And is, you can't have – if you were to add a judging panel in here, I'm sure that Canada would go a little bit higher. But statistically speaking, I mean, it's fair. Uh, now, the FIFA haven't officially released the world rankings after this, but uh, the news and sort of the, the maths and everything. So Australia will rise to 27th in the world, according to the FIFA world rankings. Don't know where Canada will rise, Colin. I don't have that in front of me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and I think like people are like, oh, who gives a shit about the world rankings? But they legitimately are handy when it comes to seeding and, say, qualifying and, and then, like, Say, for example, the reason why we had Germany and Spain in a group together at this World Cup was because at the time Germany were ranked lower than they usually are. So then that's when they put them in pots and seed them and all that kind of fun stuff too. So um, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, already we're looking towards the next World Cup, which Colin obviously is going to be in your backyard, which I'm actually I, – I, I, I know they've changed it a little bit because initially um, I, I, you had, I think, like four cities bid for games in Canada – I know initially it was only going to go to Toronto, Montreal, and Edmonton. Then I believe Montreal pulled out and Vancouver, who were looked over, got it. And then for some reason, I think Edmonton, I don't know if they got if they pulled out or they just got scrapped because now the games are only going to be held in Vancouver and Toronto, uh, which, again, is there a lot of talk now that the next World Cup is in Canada, kind of a lot of Canadians going, oh, it's the next one. Next one's coming here or uh, sort of people switching yeah. focus quickly to the women's world cup. Cause obviously that's less than a year away. No, I mean, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of talk about it right now. Um, and four years, you know, it, it seems like it's a long time, but when you're the next one up, that's always a big deal. Um, there's no hope for Winnipeg then. <laughs> what you're saying. Sadly not. No. Well, your stadium that we went to that blue bomber thing is not bad, but like, I think, well, I mean, we, we had the women's when the women's world cup was here, Winnipeg was one of the cities. So I think we, well, I think a lot of it comes down to, I know a lot of the NFL stadiums, for example, in the US are sort of having to, like they don't obviously have to do much because they're, they're rectangular stadiums, but they have to do some sort of work to them. And I think like BMO Field in Toronto, the home of the mighty Toronto FC, like they're having to expand it. Whereas BC Place in Vancouver, obviously they don't really need to do much to it. It's pretty much ready to go. Uh, which I'm, I'm you're, you're probably also looking at more hub cities too for travel as well because you're traveling three countries. Which, and yeah, so a lot of what they do, like this World Cup was obviously very unique because it was technically in one city really. But like whereas for the most part in a World Cup, you know, like Australia could be playing, like using Canada for example, we could be playing in Vancouver. Our next game could be in, you know, New York and then the third game could be in like Dallas. You know, so you've got a lot mm-hmm. of travel there. But you're right, there's usually a hub city. So Australia's hub city might be, I don't know, somewhere in North Dakota, like, I mean, like you know, just, wherever we're based, you know, so there, so obviously Canada, Wyoming, would, Wyoming. Um, but it'll be interesting. And I think that the talk right now that they're saying 
because I know we've, we've discussed a lot that the next World Cup, 48 countries, and the initial group stage was planned to be three like three countries per group. So that's what, uh, eight, 12, six, well, I do the math, three into 48. Um, so that was initially going to be that amount of 16 groups of three. But because this World Cup was so exciting in the general format of four, FIFA are looking at ways to try and preserve that. So they're working out whether or not the uh, 16 groups of three is the way to go forward. So, and again, still no official confirmation that all three host countries will get qualified. I'd laugh so much if they're like, okay, USA and Mexico automatically qualify. <laughs> Canada, no, nah, you got to qualify and you don't qualify for your own World Cup. Um, so, but. I just want to say this right now. Welcome back, New Zealand, to the World Cup in uh, 2026 because unless American Samoa or Tonga knock them out and Oceania qualifying, for the first time in history, Oceania get a guaranteed spot at the World Cup. So, well done, New Zealand. You are officially going back to the World Cup. Uh, oh, brew, we're going to the World Cup. Oh, yeah. Um, final thoughts, um, I guess, on it. Like, you know, I don't know if you two can really – compare it to we know our histories of the world cup are obviously a little bit different to olympics jared i know you've seen a few more i think but um i mean we talked a bit during tokyo last year in beijing this year about kind of where we would you know loosely compare them but i mean what's your final take on this world cup and and maybe compare it to some of the other ones you've watched in the past i think this might be my favorite from the ones that i've that i've seen like obviously i remember 2006 really well but this to me even from like from an Australian perspective, I th- I think this was almost more unexpected making it to the knockout. Like we said, kind of losing early uh, to making it through. The team in my mind, like the Australian team, is is nowhere near like as iconic oh, back sure. as, as 2006. But still, like making it there being so unexpected uh, was huge. And then I think just it's almost like this World Cup had like this amazing start with all these upsets. Kind of this, I almost want to say the middle section was kind of like the status quo was like back on top with with those kind of final group games and a lot of the expected teams managing to squeak their way through. Um, and then I just feel like we got like a really good like knockout round and throw in like Morocco there as a surprise getting so far. I think like there's there was nothing terrible about and it was interesting throughout. So this to me is definitely the favorite World Cup that I've seen. Colin, anything that you can sort of compare it to or add? I mean, different I mean, for you, you've seen Canada, of course, in it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was such a huge deal, uh, I think, everywhere in this country, the, the fact that we had that and just seeing how much excitement there was. And for me to have something that I could really be invested in, I think that's one of the the big things, you know, from past World Cups. I'm like, well, there's not Canada and there's I don't really have another country. I mean, I've got, you know, family heritage from Sweden and, uh, you know, wherever else. But uh, you can say Russia, it, Colin, it's fine. Russia. <laughs> Am I allowed? <laughs> I mean, technically, I should say, technically, it's Georgia, but I don't think Georgia's ever made the World Cup, have they? Uh, no, but, they uh, actually. No. Well, let's get on board with Georgia. Well, let's I mean, Soviet Union, spot. they were part of the Soviet Union. So I guess technically, <laughs> they probably had a Georgian player or two back in the day. So sure. Yeah. But uh, I mean, really, my only times I even loosely followed the World Cup was obviously the 94 one. And I mentioned I loosely followed it last time. But uh, I I think there was there was enough excitement in every single round to keep you interested. Uh, A a lot of great upsets in the group stage. And, you know, when, when you get to the semifinals and then when you get to the finals, it's good to have some of these really close games like we had, uh, particularly the finals. I mean, there's no better way. You know, Stanley Cup playoffs could be the best playoffs ever, but ultimately you're only going to really remember the finals. And when you have a four, nothing sweep in the finals, it's not necessarily something that you're going to stack in your memory for the rest of time. But uh, this is something that's memorable because it came down to two powerhouse teams, you know, and you had the underdog, like Jared said in there about in Morocco, something to kind of keep you excited and a finals like that. I mean, it's something that I don't think anybody's ever going to forget. Yeah. It's an interesting one because I can't deny they were entertaining. They were entertaining. They were great to watch. And, you know, obviously Australia's performance was fantastic. But it's weird that, like, as much as I'm proud as Punch for Australia, it was great to see Canada in there. Like, that was so fantastic to be able to see Canada make it. I I still do connect it to Germany, sadly. And it's kind of like I did a bit of a, a nostalgia tweet before this World Cup doing my memories of the World Cup. And I basically got to 2018 and I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't really have many fond memories of 2018. We went out in the group stage and, uh, yeah, sure, France won. So I was kind of like, okay. And I feel that 
as much as I enjoy this, I feel like in four years time, I'm going to look back at this and go, oh yeah, you know, but like, I think I like this more than Russia. I think, you know, at least Germany weren't completely shit and Australia did well. Uh, going back to your point, Jared, about like the, I guess the history of Australia, like, yeah, on paper we did well and it was a great ride, but I think realistically 2006 to me slightly takes the cake because that was that first time we all experienced it. And I think that we had that team that I don't think any of us legitimately thought we'd beat Argentina, but I legitimately think we thought we could beat Italy. And let's face it, we should have beaten Italy. (laughs) Don't talk to me about that fucking game still. But like, I just think there's something about those players. You're right. Like, the cool goal against Croatia, seeing Cahill get those two in Alloway. Like, we remember that. Whereas, like, I'm going to remember Craig Goodwin's goal. You know, I'm going to remember these goals, but, like, you know, it's not on that level. So, um, yeah, I, I think that if I'm still to rank my favourite, this, you know, it's not my least favourite World Cup I've seen in my life. That would probably be Russia. But, I mean, this would maybe be towards the bottom just from that Germany bias. <laughs> I mean, I still love 2014. Um, but I mean, 2006 was a great world cup. Germany didn't win. They made the semifinals. Australia did well. It was great. 2002. Like that was the first time I ever really watched pretty much every game. Cause that was in our time zone. France, I the first world cup ever. So all nostalgia, like so many of these things. So my rant, like I love this world cup. I didn't dislike it, but I don't know if it's my favorite, but anyway, not enough Mexico, not enough Mexico. Yeah. yeah you know, exactly. Too much Morocco, not enough Mexico, but good on you, Morocco. They were the surprise packers. So moving forward, I'll talk about what we've got next week, but in terms of like major events, major tournaments, I'm down for covering the next world cup in four years. time. the men's world cup, uh, obviously friendly for Colin's time zone. And I mean, as of right now, I'd love to be there, but who knows how things will play out. Women's world cup, obviously next year will be in our time zone for Jared and I, uh, Jared, if you're free, I've got some tickets. I know you're busy, but, uh, we'll, we'll work that out, but, uh, we could go to some games together if you want to, but, uh, I don't know. <laughs> He's if busy, Ben. He's busy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we'll do any extensive coverage, but I'm down to do an episode or two. And I think next year too, the one that I think would be great to do some form of episode on maybe similar to what we do with the, the Commonwealth games, uh, are the Pan Ams, Colin, which uh, oh, yeah. I think for Jared and I, no fucking clue how we'd watch them because uh, I don't think, you know, Fox Sports 7 is showing the, the Pan Am games. But I, I'd be down to commit to at least an episode or two. In the, you'd be driving those ones, baby. You're, you're yeah. in control, though. Yeah, you know, I think that's the one unfortunate thing that neither of you are over here because the Pan Am games, to me, in some ways are uh, some ways are more exciting than the Olympics just because you get some sports that are like, okay, we're going to try this out and maybe it'll end up at the Olympics one day. You know, you, some of the big names won't show up, but you get other big names from, you know, this side of the world that are there. Uh, I just remember doing the last Pan Am Games wanting so badly to podcast. And then it was like at the very last minute, Rocky, our, our co-host on the Oz Network. There he goes again, saying, implanting himself into shit. I'm watching I'm watching some of the Pan Am games stuff like oh you should come on and talk about it. I don't think I ever got a response from him from that but if if the two of you can substitute in for Rocky you know <laughs> maybe we can actually cover something Oh gladly like I think we should you know commit to it uh it's in October they're in Santiago Chile Chile uh so I'm sure like they'll do some sort of YouTube highlight and some of these events so like they will like put YouTube streaming for countries. Like I know, say like Colin, if you really want to watch the Australian basketball league, you can watch it for free on YouTube. Like they do it for North American people. Whereas I don't know with these, if they do that, but we'll, we'll do that. So next year we might do like a women's world cup episode or two and, and the Pan Am games uh, on that. But in terms of us getting back together, the gang back together, our next episode in January, I believe we're going to do ranking the Olympic mascots, which that's been so overdue. How was that the first one we did? Like Jesus Christ. I don't know what's going on there. Um, and also next year we'll have a basically around the year to go towards Paris. We'll do sort of a looking ahead to Paris episode like we always do with other Olympics as well. But outside of us talking together next week, we've got one more episode left for the year. It's a big interview. The interviews are back. Uh, we have an interview with somebody you're going to go gobbledygook for. It is Zach Stubbledy Cook, which I'm going to say Zach Stubbledy Cook because we've been all saying his name wrong, as you will hear us talk about next week. It's like, actually, it's a fantastic interview. Honestly, honest with you, I did this like three months ago, but I remember it. It was great. It's a fantastic chat and uh, it's, it's quite deep and personal in it as well. So it's, it's a really, really good chat. And he loves coffee. Like seriously, you think you're going to hear some great insight into his swimming and you do. But seriously, like half the interview is about his love of coffee. And how he basically roasts it himself and he's just like taking all the, like it's, it's fascinating. If you ever wanted to hear an Olympic champion talk about coffee, 
next week. Zach Stubblety Cook, you'll listen to it. But does he love meatloaf? Well, unfortunately, Colin, that question wasn't quite available in our <laughs> repertoire yet. But moving into 2023, we will be doing two episodes a week for a while just because we've got a lot of interviews. We've got a backlog of about six months' worth of interviews, people. So uh, plenty to keep you entertained for a long, long time. But uh, stay tuned here to Off the Podium. I'd say vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards, but we're the reigning champions that can't win again. They cancelled our category. So... You know, we are undefeated. We are just, <laughs> Two I, years running. Kind of hope they don't bring it back. We're the undisputed champions in the Olympic podcast <laughs> category at the uh, Sports Podcast Awards. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing this World Cup. A breeze by. This is five episodes. Mm. It just went by in an absolute breeze. And to you guys, this is the last time we all chat on one episode this year. We've had a busy year. We had the Olympics at the beginning of the year. Remember that? Mm. We all got COVID. I was getting yelled at. I was getting phone calls. Um, we had everything else. And so we've done a lot of episodes together, guys. We, we ranked, what did we yeah. rank? Medals. Well, that was last year. We ranked logos. Um, we did medals this year, I think. That Surely. Year? Oh, fuck. We've done so much shit this year. Uh, <laughs> just stop. Yeah. I need a week off. That's why I backlogged six months worth of interviews. I want some time <laughs> off now. Uh, I've got a job now, right? I'm busy. Um, but uh, it has been a lot of fun. Jared, thank you. Uh, obviously, I, I know uh, you're at the same time as me. It's midnight. We're both going to get up for work tomorrow, right? So there's that little carrot. But um been a lot of fun so i appreciate everything you put into this show this year you've done the least amount of work between all of us you just show up when we tell you to you don't do interviews you do shit all you rate some of our jokes you're always busy when i want to see you but um you're the heart and soul of this podcast jared so thank you yeah no worries i'm always here to uh to, to phone it in yes and to win everything oh yeah so how fair yeah. is that you no know, well we'll get you on your Vision, colin rest, <laughs> of the world, rest, yeah. rest of the world can vote next year so um oh can we they? need your opinion is that a thing um and we'll, we'll see in. how you go with that wow can we actually get you on an episode can do you uh, you, oh, yeah. I, you get the nbc coverage i watched eurovision in new york so i'm sure you can get johnny weir commentator that's actually fucking fantastic if i'm saying right now johnny weir eurovision we, we're missing out in australia so can you join us on yeah. eurovision next year I they had that I, I guess American similar version. They're doing a Canada one next Clarkson year or whatever. Mm, you've got a Canadian but, version next year. Yeah, like I understand the format because even the movie didn't really give me an idea of what it was. But the American version they had, I I, I have it in my head now. I'm like, this is actually quite interesting. So yes, I will come on and be your Euros Vision virgin. Fun thing, Euros Virgin. Actually, Jared, one thing that I was going to ask because I haven't watched the American Song Contest. I've got it ready to go. So I don't know if you've watched it, but um, apparently, so I went and saw a DJ band the other week called Crystal Method. And the reason I saw that is because they do the theme of Third Watch. Really good. And when I was doing a bit of research after seeing him, he apparently competed for, I think it was Las Vegas or Nevada. I think he was Nevada's entry oh, really? in the Eurovision, the American Song Contest. So I need to watch it more. So I saw him live. I saw it's, a Eurovision person live, technically. That was that was one of the, the fun things that, from what I did see is that you would see some complete nobodies and then you'd have like, I remember Jewel was mm. representing Alaska. I remember you telling and me that. Her, her song was like, well, this isn't very good. And then she basically got no votes against nobody. So yeah, there's, there's excitement when you have like big names that end up losing. <laughs> well, in Australia, we've scrapped the uh, Australia votes, haven't we, Jared? So SBS will just probably choose Montine or whatever her name is again. So, you know, but it's great, it's great talk guys. I'm glad we worked in the shameless plug to Euros vision. That <laughs> ding, ding. You got to fit in double R seven, Oz network. So uh, James Bond, uh, <laughs> Colin to you. Thank you so much for everything you've done this year. You've actually done some work. So well done. Um, <laughs> did you do any solo? And you did do a couple of solo interviews this year did, as yeah. well. So, uh, you know, yeah, but you join me in a lot. There's a few that you've joined me on for next year as well, but, uh, you, you you've done good. Colin done good. Well done. I only got COVID well once on this show. You got it on other ones, but well done. Jared, have you got COVID yet? No. no. Show off. Yeah. Come on. Phones it in. Get with the program. <laughs> Colin, I'll thank get it, you. I'll get it the week that we're meant to catch up. Yes. And you can yeah, exactly. that. Ben's, Ben's going to be like, oh, you want to come out to a soccer game with me? It's like, got yeah, COVID. absolutely. I got COVID. <laughs> I got COVID. I got COVID. Uh, but yeah we'll be back next week obviously we're not going anywhere this is just us saying goodbye to each other all three of us will be back together for a ranking of the mascots next year and next week Zach Stubblety Cook for your last episode of 2022 in the meantime shout out as always to Jason Momoa remember to like subscribe do all that sort of stuff not Jason Momoa it's a fucking boomer we did the Commonwealth Games this year as well I just completely yelled over that I'm like remember the Olympics remember the World Cup oh fuck the Commonwealth Games remember that fucking Ozzy Osbourne oh (laughs) 
Weren't they memorable? Um, but uh, do all the shit that you usually do at this. Uh, my name is Ben. This is Off the Podium. And remember to go left. Go left.